Welcome to IDI Intelligence, Empowering Intelligent Care, a podcast brought to you by the experts at Iodine. I'm your host, Lauren Hickey, and in today's episode, we are going to be discussing, you know, as hospital margins continue to shrink, achieving ROI at speed, especially after a new investment, becomes critical. So here to dive deeper into this topic, we have two great guests, Fran Jurak, Iodine's Chief Clinical Strategist. Welcome back to the podcast, Fran. Thank you. And we also have Denise Humphreys, who is the Director of CDI at West Tennessee Healthcare. Welcome to the podcast, Denise. We're happy to have you. Thank you. So let's just get right into it. Um, For our listeners, Denise, can you give us a little bit of a background about West Tennessee, the health system you work for, and your CDI program? West Tennessee Healthcare has six facilities um, in the West Tennessee area. The biggest is Jackson Madison County General. We have about 640 beds here. The rest are community hospitals, um, two critical access hospitals. We have a total of about 900 beds. Our CDI team um, encompasses 11 CDI reviewers, a CDI manager slash educator and a director. Um, our CDI uh, team has regular reviewers and specialized reviewers. We have one CDI nurse that covers two of the community hospitals. She, the biggest ones, she goes back and forth between those. We have one CDI nurse that follows a service line requested by our physicians, um, the CV, surgeons, and cardiology. Um, we have one CDI reviewer that focuses on mortality reviews and also special projects um, related to our star rating and quality data. She um, reviews some of our CMS cohorts and queries for risk-adjusted diagnoses. That's a a nice depth of uh, types of roles within your team. So thanks for sharing that. And so can you tell us a little bit about what brought about a shift in the processes within your program and investment in new technology? I believe the initial interest came from our chief financial officer at, I believe it was a Tennessee Hospital Association meeting. There was a demo for iodine there, and he his interest it was in predicting future budget state based on predicted DRGs. Once they came to Jackson to demo to the CDI team, um, we thought that would be a great asset for our whole team. And so, Fran, as Iodine's chief clinical strategist, can you tell us a little bit about Iodine's best practices regarding processes and workflow? Because I know sometimes we can be a little bit different. Yeah, so I mean, the, the thought process here is that, you know, CDI work is very much a search and find kind of uh, te- uh, process. And so leveraging technology that can help sift through those cases and identify where the opportunity is becomes the ability for technology to really enhance the CDI workflow, uh, allows you to prevent CDI staff from wasted reviews or wasted effort in looking through records with no opportunity, right? Things are well documented and clinically supported. So why would we need to review that record? So from a, a, an iodine perspective or, or a where CDI suite, um, it's really about 
letting technology review 100% of the records and identifying the subset of records that a clinical documentation specialist would need to review to, uh, to validate clinical information and identify the query opportunity. So you start at the top of the list, right, where there's the greatest opportunity and work your way down through the list to where there's less opportunity until you essentially run out of cases. And you're able then to create some equity across the team um, as well as create some standardization and consistency so that the providers are now seeing something that is much more um, consistent, uh, leveraging the same information each time, and really helping to not only clarify an individual record, but certainly providing some of the opportunity to help educate physicians so that they can change their documentation habits going forward. Sure. And then... Um, what about sort of the shift in metrics for newly onboarded clients and what does iodine look at to measure success pre-implementation and post? Yeah, so we look at a variety, variety of, of metrics, right? Um, obviously looking at some of the standard productivity metrics that CDI has always looked at, right? How many reviews are they doing? How many queries are they writing? How are the physicians engaged? Are they responding? What kind of responses are you getting? And of course, then there's always those outcome type metrics, uh, whether it be financial picture or quality metrics. But I think the thing that considerably shifts when you leverage prioritization technology is the ability to better track what's happening in those prioritized cases. So for us, the new metric is not how many reviews do you actually get to, it's how many of the priority reviews are you getting to? Because with technology, you're, you're getting 100% review of all cases. So it's really about which which are the cases that CDI needed to look at. Um, and then, you know, comparing that from the pre-iodine performance to post-iodine performance. Typically, we see some of those results in the first 30 days. And, of course, they build over time as people become acclimated to the process, uh, as well as the technology and certainly physicians and their engagement as, as well. Um, but certainly that ability to... Um, only review the cases that need to be reviewed today, whether it be a brand new patient who is you know, newly admitted and, and, and needs a review because there's dis, a discrepancy between the clinical evidence and the documentation or something that's changed. I mean, I think that's, that's been the biggest negative consequence of a manual process is not knowing when things change. So I looked at it today, but how soon will something change, whether it be additional clinical information for a condition I looked at today or a whole new condition that develops during the patient encounter. And the only way historically that CDIs had an opportunity to identify that is to review every case every day, which is impossible, right? So for iodine, it, uh, uh, we allow ourselves through the technology to identify when something has changed of significant value that then requires that re-review instead of that, I'm going to second guess when I think I would want to review something again. And that also then creates some metrics from a CDI perspective that can be better monitored. Are we getting to those cases? Are we making the appropriate uh, or creating the appropriate intervention before the patient is discharged and the coder gets that medical record? And so Denise, as the director, how did you manage you know, this shift in metrics, in new technology, new process, and then align people sort of across the program for success? There was definitely a learning curve because as CDI nurses, when we review a patient's record, we feel like we know that patient, we have to know what happens next. So we would set re-reviews based on when we wanted to look at it. 
rather than we should look at it. Um, so I think in iodine, we had to learn how to trust the prioritization process and that these will come back to us when we need to look at them again. Uh, also, um, I think that aligning the auto assignment with most of our nurses has been a big asset because once again, even though we have a list, sometimes we choose that list based on certain diagnoses or certain physicians. So when it auto populates to a list based on whether it needs queries or not, is a whole different ball game. And I think it has really helped our CDI team and our metrics. Yeah, and, and for our listeners, Lauren, maybe I need to describe auto assignment a little bit more. Um, it's the opportunity to take the entire inpatient list of patients, prioritize them, and then equally and evenly distribute those across the team or the group of CDSs that you want included in that that uh, subset. Uh, so a little bit like a, a, fo- a fantasy football snake draft, one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one. And what it really does is allow us to get over that um, belief that because I'm on a certain type of unit or I'm covering a certain service line, that I only have a certain type of query opportunity. And so it creates a more equal opportunity for CDSs across the, in the entire team and really allows you as a manager to better identify and manage your team, right? Because there's no longer the excuse of, well, she's on this unit and therefore she only gets this type of query. Um, and it allows you, I think, to actually better engage CDI staff um, from a learning perspective, but as well as a growth perspective so that they can continue continuously look at different opportunities and not the same type of opportunity every day. Right. And so, Denise, you mentioned, you know, metrics improving. Um, What changes have you seen in your program as a result of this implementation? Uh, Our query rate, um, we were always told that as a seasoned CDI team, your query rate should be around 20%, 25%. But that's not always the case. Um, That's if you are reviewing all charts. Now we are reviewing only the charts or mainly the charts that have query opportunities. So our query rate went up. It's really around 35 to 38% now. And I think that's a good thing because we have seen an increase in our case mix index, CCNCC capture rate, and a financial return on investment that was about three times more than what we expected. Wow, three three times more than expected. That's significant. (laughs) Fran, we've talked about this, you know, in in past episodes with things like capturing more CCs, capturing more MCCs, you're really capturing more patient acuity, your patient you're painting a more accurate picture of this patient. How sick were they actually when they came in? You know, what care were they given? You've got the full picture of what happened with this patient. Yeah. I mean, I think the CDI profession has changed, but also so have the documentation requirements um, that are affecting a lot of those external metrics, right? So to your point, Lauren, it's no longer about capturing a single CC or an MCC for a given DRG. It really is about capturing the true clinical picture. Um, From an iodine perspective, we like to speak to it as getting an accurate and complete record um, of of everything that happened during the patient encounter. Um, You know, the challenge, of course, is 
it seems like as soon as we help identify and, and get better documentation in a given area, then some of the guidelines and rules change. There's new technology that comes out. And so there's always new opportunity to better clarify documentation to get to the most accurate uh, component. We know across the, the world that uh, although we're on ICD-10s here in the U.S., ICD-11s are now coming out. Um, and when they do so, it's always at the desire to create more, spe more specificity in a given code so that we can get to the detail of what's really happening to patients. That specificity and that detail is what needs to be documented in order to capture those codes. And it's not something that physicians are trained or, or are even educated about, right? So this is our opportunity to be that liaison as a CDI specialist to help engage the providers um, and therefore get the documentation that becomes easily transparent to the coder so that they know which codes should be uh, most appropriately assigned to that given encounter. Right. And so, Denise, you mentioned an increase in query volume. I think you said 20% to 35, 38%, which is great. And we at iodine love to see that. But I also know that physicians sometimes get a little nervous when you talk about increasing query volume. Um, they already have a really high administrative burden. And when you talk about, hey, you have twice as many queries as before that you're going to have to answer, there can be some pushback. So, Brian, can you sort of speak to the overcoming that hurdle of really, you know, physician engagement um, with this query process. Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's a little bit of history that, that goes with this, right, in that we historically on the CDI side would kind of pick and choose when we would query things, right, when we thought it was going to have a, a level of impact to whatever report, and that's changed over time. Um, now that so many of these conditions are impacting so many other metrics, it really is about getting that documentation accuracy. But we've set the providers up to not really understand when and when they shouldn't document these things because we didn't query consistently in the past. So I think that hurdle um, becomes part of this process. So to your point, Lauren, this potential doubling and tripling and even with some of our clients, quadrupling of query volume um, does create a bit of a problem, but it's, to your point, the administrative burden of the process of answering the query. I don't think any longer in this CDI space or in the documentation world, physicians are surprised or feel that queries are unnecessary. They may not always understand, you know, why what they wrote wasn't accurate and complete and it was as, as it was, but I think the, the bigger issue here is what's the process by which this is communicated. And so creating a workflow that is easy, that doesn't interrupt them during their um, standard uh, patient time, right? Um, physicians have usually kind of a pattern by which they do their assessments and their documentation of their patients. And to be interrupted in that process often requires then more time to go back and correct and fix. And so it's, it's creating a process that allows them to be communicated with in a fashion that works best for them whether it's when they are in the, the electronic medical record, whether it's via an app on their phone, um, and a quick and easy and very intuitive response system that then allows the CDI specialist to track and not have to bother physicians unnecessarily by calling their offices or calling their cell phone because you've got a nice uh, process in place that allows them to more easily adapt and re research the answer to the question um, in a timely manner and a time of their choosing. For us at Iodine, we call it Interact. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, certainly it, it's a product that has uh, 
for some of our clients created uh, real, I, I won't call it joy in the documentation process, but certainly an ease in making that communication pathway occur more quickly and efficiently. Yeah, that was going to be my, my next sort of follow-up question for you, Fran. So, Denise, you probably know Interact as Artifact. That's what it was previously named before it was rebranded. Um, and that's, Fran, you know, you're sort of talking about Artifact or Interact is really sort of the answer to all of those issues for physicians of creating a simplified workflow, something that you can access from your phone, from a computer that's integrated with the EMR so that physicians are spending more time with patients, less time with documentation. I, I think probably almost no doctor got into medicine so that they could, you know, do documentation all day. Denise, you've had a chance to work with both of these tools at your program independently, concurrent, as we discussed earlier, to prioritize cases for review, interact for physician engagement. Um, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to with the upcoming integration of these tools and having them work together? Well, I think one of the main things that we're looking forward to um, and that we have experienced already is excess or um, additional time during our day. Um, we're not chasing queries like we were before. So we are going to focus now on more more physician education. We have specific plans for that. We have plans for one-on-one um, -on -one education with our hospitalists with our um, individual CDI team members, um, and then among other service lines too, all service lines, we have more points for that. We're also looking forward to retrospect. We go live with that in July. Um, we have some specific plans for that too that we weren't really counting on when we signed up for retrospect, but it's really interesting to know how we can use that tool and monitor some things that we really need to look at on the back end um, and make sure that we're coding correctly, documenting correctly. Um, one of the things we're going to look at, um, sepsis, and then type 2 MI. So we're really going to monitor those and make sure that we are documenting them correctly, validate them, and make sure we're on the right path with those. Yeah, you, you bring up some really good examples, Denise, of where, where retrospect can help in the end ensure that you've got that documentation accuracy across all the medical records. Um, for our listeners, retrospect is a product that is post-discharge, post-code, pre-bill, and allows you to look at the discrepancy between clinical evidence, documentation, and the final code. Um, and certainly there are places along the what I call the documentation process that allows some leakage to slip through. And this is that opportunity in the end to ensure it's as accurate as possible before you submit the bill or submit the claim in general. So uh, wonderful to hear that you guys are moving in that direction and it will allow you to um, really hone in on some of those key um, areas that your organization is interested in monitoring. Yeah, and I think at the beginning, Denise, you mentioned that sort of what got iodine in front of your eyes was your CFO was looking at our forecast product, which um, helps with uh, utilization management, it's final DRG prediction, it's um, length of stay. And so you've now really sort of got, you know, iodine helping end to end. You've got forecast at the beginning with final DRG prediction, getting that off of CDI plates. You've got concurrent helping with reviews, uh, interact with position engagement, and then you're adding retrospect in July for that sort of 
you know, last line of defense of documentation accuracy with getting the, the coding correct. So I think our, our CDI program really changed a couple of years ago when we moved to the quality aspect of it um, to help improve our star rating. And I, I think this product in total has helped us evolve as just a day-to-day CDI program to something that really specializes and can help our facility, our whole system in attaining the goals that we have. And so, you know, keeping all of those you know, that's a lot of change, keeping all of those products in mind. What would you say made the biggest difference for your program or their largest impact? Uh, I think the Interact part did um, for physician um, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. We have a query escalation policy here where if the query is not answered within or after 14 days, it goes on a suspension list. And weekly, we would have 14 physicians that we would have to follow up with to get them to document and answer their query. The number one offender that was on the suspension list every week was the first to use the Interact or Artifact, was the first to answer our query, and he did it within 40 seconds of sending it. And he's not been anywhere near the suspension list for the query process since then. So we have a lot of physicians that really appreciate the fact that we value their time and we put the patient first. And I think this is a good way to help them attain that goal. You said 14 days would get them on the suspension list. So a shift from 14 days to respond to 40 seconds to respond. (laughs) Right. Right. It's it's really a big change and a good one. And um, last question for you, Denise, you sort of touched on this before, but what are the next steps for your program? What are you looking forward to for the future? So I did mention that the physician documentation and education part, um, the more of a one-on-one, we are, during our quality goal aspect of it, are focusing on ODE ratio uh, for our CMS cohorts. So one-on-one, we're looking at physician documentation, breaking things down and seeing, looking for risk-adjusted diagnoses along with the ones that are acute that would increase SOI and ROM and just giving them an overall picture of this needs to be a complete and accurate medical record to reflect how sick the patient is and also reflect their comorbid conditions that led to their hospitalization. Yeah, this has come up in past uh, episodes that Fran has been a part of. I think more and more people are really focusing on ODE ratio and how can we how, how can we impact that? Because um, it really has such far-reaching re- effects into things like your risk adjustment, your quality scores, how you're being reimbursed, everything. Well, and in the end, ultimately, all of those things are trying to measure what we have been calling the true clinical picture of the patient, Right. So it's, it's not like we're anticipating or belief that, you know, patients are um, having negative outcomes for no good reason, right? It's really just the fact that we haven't been really good um, at ensuring that the documentation accurately depicted what the patient came in the door with before they were actually put in a hospital bed. And, and that has, to your point, such far-reaching implications across not just documentation, but all of the, the ways um, the financial picture is utilized within a healthcare organization, getting research dollars is another great example, right? 
Um, without that, you're not able to apply and be awarded the funds to actually improve patient care. So it becomes really important to capture all of those conditions. Well, I think that's going to do it for this month's episode. Thank you both ladies for joining me again today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Denise. It's always a pleasure to, to talk to our clients and, and hear your perspective. So we appreciate it. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, make sure that you subscribe with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next month. And until then, I'm your host, Lauren Hickey. Thank you so much for listening. 